You are listening to Fika with Vicky on United Public Radio, 107.7 and 105.3 from New Orleans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fika. Rejoining Fika today is author MJ Moores, and it's great to have her back. I'd love to say it's great to see her again, but due to technical difficulties, we could only hear her last time and a lovely voice she has. But the tech gods seem to be with us today, and we're getting the whole picture. <laughs> Hi, MJ. <laughs> Hey, everybody. MJ has several series out there, but we're going to focus on her newest to be released this December 11th, the White Raven series book one, The Hollow Kiss. I think it's her best yet. Here's my Fika review. Wow. MJ Moore has upped her game with The Hollow Kiss. It's a smooth read. Straightforward writing without needless distraction allowed me to enjoy the story and the urgent mystery. It provided. I immediately joined with the protagonist as she battled a past, a self, and outside forces she couldn't control. The action didn't stop, and I was left guessing until the last page. Plus, no species were disrespected in the writing of this book, which means I didn't yell out, that's not the way a dragon, elf, or a folklorish creature character of your choice would act, even once. I'm eagerly waiting Book two, The Soul Collector's February book release. Thank you for the hollow kiss. <laughs> and welcome to Fika. Oh, thanks for having me. And it's so great to see you and just, you know, I, I would say and to see everybody, but everybody to see me, I guess, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's the important thing. <laughs> it's that they see you so they can recognize you on the back of the book. Yeah. Pick it up because that's that cool MJ girl. <laughs> that is, and you are cool. I mean, you're a very, very young still, but the characters in your book, are, yes, you are really, trust me. The characters in <laughs> still young, there's still so much living in those 15 years, MJ. <laughs> um, the, the characters in your books, however, are even younger um just coming out of high school and yet you seem to be able to like relate to them so well i mean you 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 got the you know the feel for them is what i'm right, trying to right. say you still have those ideas so did you want to tell us a little bit about the hollow kiss first so everybody knows what we're talking about <laughs> sure um why don't i read you a little bit from the back cover and then Fantastic. you get a, a really good idea of um, the voice of the main character because, you know, the, the the writing from the back really does give you a sense of what the entire book is, is actually going to feel like. So here we go. The Hollow Kiss. Bloody walls and supernatural espionage were not on the final exam. Graduation meant a whole new world away from the labels of outcast and freak, but a supernatural abduction leaves Cravina Dre with a hole in her memory and a deadly kiss. Inexplicably drawn to a dark stranger in a back alley, Dre's soul-sucking lip lock lands her with a DB 
and the local PD on her trail. Then, a girl she doesn't remember shows up out of nowhere and helps her dispose of the corpse. Dre's dead body bestie initiates her into an underground world with only one rule, expose the fae and suffer the consequences. But navigating this piranha paradise to hunt down the maniac responsible for her transformation is likely to kill her. Or worse, can Dre reverse the curse before she spends the rest of her life in an orange jumpsuit? Reverse the curse. Reverse the curse. Do you have it there so you can hold it up? Um, Are you like book? actually reading the back of the book? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. It literally it doesn't publish until December 11th. I have That's no right. copies. I have I nothing. I keep forgetting. Okay, so... <laughs> No, we can't, we can't, we can't show you that. And it, it gets too shiny on my ebook if I, if I, I try to hold it up. So right. that, that is the book and, and a fantastic book it is. It, it just, it goes right into action and, and she, she's so easy to identify with Dre. I think anyways, I mean, I think we've all been, well, we haven't actually had soul sucking lip locks with, with dark strangers in the alley. I hope if there's any <laughs> comment, in dreams. no, yes, but, but you know, she's, she's suddenly thrust into a new world. Her parents aren't the people that she thought they were. Um, the, you know, there's new languages, there's new customs, there's new everything. And she has to figure all that out as well as who's causing this to happen. So, you know, you have to sympathize. And it's um, not, well, I mean, when you look at it too, you think, oh, it's just another one of those, uh, stereotypical kick butt, you know, main characters that everybody's writing the, these days. And really, I mean, that's not true. I've always written strong women, but um, a different it, kind. Not impervious, right? Like she, she breaks down. She, she's well, she's vulnerable. She heals. Yes, you, you know what? But that's a good point. Okay, <laughs> let's go with that point, MJ. Um, they do that in books. They make these characters that have and especially in young adult and it drives me crazy because I think that's not like the young people I know yeah. like they're just so self-involved so I'm the whole thing is I'm going to be tough whether people let me or not you know if you're really tough you're not going to tell people that <laughs> you're just gonna be like does Arnold Schwarzenegger have to say I'm tough no <laughs> We know he's tough. So it's that vulnerability that makes them tough and the cleverness. Say, for example, in Shadow Phoenix, she was like a scientist and always concocting these things and doing her things. And she was brave without even telling anybody who she was. Right. Um, and and so there is that strength and there's Dre's strength, which is resilience. Yeah. That girl has resilience, and that's what real strength is about. She keeps going when other people would just fall yeah, over. The determination. She she's I mean, she's lived it up to that point already because of um the Luciism that that she has to deal with. Like it's it's very similar for those listening um to albinism um and, and uh the you know the effect of being albino, a lack of pigmentation in the skin, you know, anything when you're a kid that, that you, you're different immediately there are going to be people who attack you for that 
because you are not like them. And that's, it's really sad. And, and you know, with her just being particularly pale, having to literally, and I, and I say this in the book right in, near the beginning, to draw her face on. Otherwise, it's just so pale that it's like a wash, right? And and these, it's a very real thing. Um, but so, you know, having to navigate through, you know, and school, high school, trying to find friends, you know, never really knowing if somebody is your friend or if you're being used, all of that stuff, you asked me, how, how can I draw out this character and, and still relate so much? Um, you know, all of my writing, these characters, there's a part of me in there. And at one point in my life, I was Dre. I was not like clearly I, I have brown hair, brown eyes, I, you know, uh, that that you have your own I, stuff. But I yeah, I went through some stuff, you know, and and it was rough. And I remembered that, you know, there were some people that were there for me, but there were a lot. There was a lot of times where I tried to shoulder things too much on my own. So having her in this book and opening up this new world for her and having that new bestie, that dead body bestie show up. And there's a reason why um, Char is helping Dre and it comes out, you know, right in the beginning of the story, um, you know, and it is, is not really giving anything away, but she feels responsible for her and for what happened, being a part of what happened once, you know, and so it's like you, you take that responsibility on yourself and, and it's sort of like a big sister sort of mentality to start with. And, and then it works into that, you know, that gradual friendship and a bond that builds between them, which is, you know, nothing happens overnight. But trauma well, can bring people together. Well, trauma, yes, um, it's a definite bringer together. <laughs> but not worth it. <laughs> there are other ways, people. This is the thing. Dre, I think one of her biggest strengths is that she has integrity. Okay, she's not going to use somebody, take the easy road if it means she's going to hurt somebody else. And I think all of these characters have, have something that they're willing to give, you know, and, and their past, the past, their past in high school, and that very much has a lot to do with who they are. And I think that's the way it is in life as well. Um, that, that you carry those things. So yeah, this, this is when I read it, I thought, you know, old lady here, but I'm still, I, <laughs> It's okay. I'm good because do I want to go back to being 18, 19 again? No, no, I don't. <laughs> um, but I, I, sorry, I have to take a moment and think about reliving all of that. <laughs> okay. Um, but those things still happen to you later in life as well you know you go into a new career you go into marriage you go into um being an old lady these are <laughs> these are new places to be new customs and, and you always at those times find that everybody's telling you what to do and you just about have becoming a parent for the first time oh my goodness um <laughs> everybody is telling you what to do and you just want to say you know beat it so this is this is the kind of feeling that I get from those characters, and um, bravo because you you could you can bring everybody together like that. It's it's, it's a major thing, um, MJ. It really is. This is why I think it's I 
I think it's your best. I really do. Aww. And I think that it can only go up from here because you've you've picked up some magic <laughs> from I hanging do. out. <laughs> Hanging out of the spotlight <laughs> that is showing up in your work. And yeah. it's great. It's great stuff. I also wanted to say that these characters can really talk to each other. Like, because they've all been through that, done there. So there's a certain patience, not with, um, for, you know, in society today, sometimes we're almost afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Because we're supposed to know the answers of how different people live and different people's, you know, stuff. And and asking a question, is, it, it just seems to be starting an argument sometime when you're really genuinely asking the question. And I thought it was just so wonderful. I can't go into the details, people, because there would be spoilers. But I thought it was so wonderful that Char, Char just answered Dre when she was fumbling with her questions and that and kind of laughed at her, but not in a mean way. And, and it was just, it was so, if people could just do that, that would be a wonderful thing. So I really appreciated that in the book as well, the ability to ask questions and for them to understand each other. And, you know, and it's not like we're being unrealistic here because there, there are those of us who are capable of doing this in real life, um, even though we don't often see it represented, um, you know, on the screen or in day to day, you know, it exists, we exist. And it's really about finding, um, you know, your, your group and, and where you feel most comfortable. And then the people around you kind of vibrate that energy back. And I think that's, she was just discovering that and that that's a really big part of her growth in in, throughout the book is realizing that yeah okay i'm different i've always been different now i'm really different um but but you know (laughs) so are other people you know and and we can vibe together well i think i think that's the splendid part of it is that they are different and yet they're the same um you know when they say we all want the same thing and in that book it was to belong everybody wanted to belong and there were so many secrets and so much hiding and so much and that's never a good thing uh so you know and and there's more to be uncovered i'm sure oh yeah so um that's what i'm saying it kept you guessing till the very end of that book and yet it wasn't like you couldn't you sort of like thought in that direction but still it made you go oh (laughs) <laughs> on that second last page <laughs> so so um yeah no it, it definitely now all the books you write like you've written um would you call this young adult fiction yeah i actually refer to it as upper ya because yeah, it is a little characters, older. yeah exactly and um young adult generally when they read they're looking for characters who are a little bit older than them so if there's a 17 or 18 year old reading, they're going to want to read somebody who is, you know, at least 17 to early 20s. Right. Um, and I, I don't know, just in my writing, I seem most comfortable in that pocket. So I run with it. Like, why fight it? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you go with what you ever what you want to okay i will accept it all but it's still (laughs) so it is way but still it's a little bit different than what you've done 
before. I mean, we talked about um, the Demon series before. And I said some things that I haven't said before, didn't say before that, and haven't said since publicly. <laughs> I'm still getting over that trauma. But, <laughs> but <clears throat> funny stuff. Then there's the fan. I mean, this is fantasy too, um, depending on who you're talking to. But <laughs> it's it. It's a little different. What inspired this new theme of yours? Well, surprisingly, it, it's a new old thing. Um, back, back, way back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I was first getting out there and looking for representation, um, my I think I'm, I mentioned on our previous show that uh, my first series kind of started with a small press and then I wound up having to take it over and, and dive into indie publishing. But I was still determined in those early days in, you know, the 2010 to 2013 um, to, to get representation, to, to go the traditional route. So I, <laughs> um, I wrote The Hollow Kiss over NaNoWriMo and we're in the middle of that right now, National right. Novel Writing Month. Um, it was my first attempt at writing 50,000 words in a month, and it was difficult for sure. Um, but even, even prior to that, what spawned the idea, uh, I was just starting to network, I was doing a lot of things online, learning about what it is to be both an indie author and somebody who wants to get into traditional publishing. Uh, so I was doing a ton of research, um, and my, I, my son was very young at the time, uh, so I had time when he was sleeping to be able to dedicate to that. And one of the websites, blogs that I used to follow was by um, an author based out of Dublin. Uh, her name's Tara Sparling, and I found her, um, she just spoke to me, you know, and, and it resonated, and so, you know, that sort of thing. And then one day she just popped up on her blog an infographic about, you know, just something fun. It was a, a title generator. And, you know, based on, you, you know, the way these things work, you yeah. know, first name, letter, last name, uh, date of birth, you know, month, this, that. It was like a five different columns, you know, that you had to go through and it would generate a title for you, including um, the genre of the book, you know, that sort of thing. And it was like, okay, so let's see based on, your makeup, <laughs> what, what you should your, be what title you would get. Yes, so, yes. you know, I went through and I and I put it all in. It's like, okay. And it came up urban fantasy. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I put in another thing. And then I was like, oh, okay. You know, my, my article is the, and then I got hollow. And then I went all the way through. And, and then it, it was it. So <laughs> I had the hollow kiss. And it's so it's been generated. So it's been generating within you for like 13 well, well, years. No, like uh, the story's oh. not done. Oh. So, she, so she said right at the bottom of the infographic, if you were to write this, if, what would the blurb be? Or, or what would your, your pitch be? Um, tell us a little bit about what the story would be. So I, I literally took maybe a minute to sit there and think about it. And I went, okay. Yeah, all right. Th th this is what it would be. This is who the character would be. This is the situation. And and then I left it and I went, ha ha ha, wasn't that fun? But it wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> so that was back in twenty early 2014. 
So okay. that 2014 November, because it wouldn't leave me alone, I wrote the darn story. And I started putting it out to um, agents and small publishing houses and mid-sized publishing houses trying to get representation. I did this for over a year and it just sat on my computer after having been edited and you go through everything and polished and ready to go. And, and then I started working on Shadow Phoenix just so I had a side project, was still going through and um, building my following for my indie side, but it, I was determined. I was going to get represented with the hollow kiss. This was the pinnacle. This was some of my best writing, as you said, ever. Um, and I was immersed in the story and the characters and I, and I loved the world, but it never went anywhere. I just kept getting rejection after rejection or I'd get a, oh, well, we have one that's similar, so we can't take this one on. And it was just like, okay. So then, uh, you know, it, it literally got put in the drawer and, and I forgot about it until Shadow Phoenix finished. And then when Shadow Phoenix was done, I was staring at my screen, I'm writing my newsletter to, to the, my followers. And I said, so what should I do next? And I listed off three different projects, none of which was the, the hollow kiss. And, <laughs> it, and then all of a sudden, literally 24 hours after I sent that out, I was like, oh, I know what project I need to do. I have this story that's been completely edited and everything else and it's been sitting for what seven odd years here more just gathering dust doing nothing i loved that story so i revisited it and i read through it and i updated it and i fixed some things so again we're you know we're back to you know making sure that it fits for now because it fit for then yes but 11 years a lot has changed right Tech wise like yeah uh, it's 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 funny when you go back and watch you know shows that seem like they were there yesterday like x files and they don't have cells at the beginning right so 11 years makes a lot of difference in this world it does and so it was a rebirth i guess for that book and then when i was done you know and i, I sent it through to my my current editor um and so she helped me polish it up and I had a proofreader and I had a beta reader and, you know, like going through all these things just to make sure that it was ready because I knew, I knew intrinsically inside me, like it you was said, the one. this is something like I've never written before. And even more so after I had gone through and, and looked it over again. So then when my editors had it and I knew I wasn't going to be able to touch it for a month or two, I started writing book two and I wrote book two in a month this year. Like, and so it was because, just like, yeah. it was because there, it was waiting. It was just, you just needed to give it time to sit. And, and I think that's, I mean, a lot of writers say that, like, I wasn't ready. This book has been with me for a long time, but I wasn't ready for it. So it was asking you to perfect your art. Yes before because that is the true baby and you want to give it a good place that's why you held on to it for yeah and i mean even just there was so much learning i still had to do and to make the choice and and have it feel right to say okay this doesn't have to be traditionally published i can do this on my own i know how to do it and i know the steps i need to take now even though I didn't back then, but I was still learning and figuring it out. 
Well, this is the thing. And with anything, I think a lot of acceptance has come out over the last, during that time for indie writing. But there is still a bit of that prejudice, which we're trying to um, do away with here at FICA, that you know you only independently publish if it's not good enough for a publisher and this is the thing as you pointed out and <clears throat> many people that i've talked to you can go with a great book to a publisher that says they want horror stories but it's not exactly the horror story that they the type they want like it, it breaks down from horror to like this week we're doing these kind of horror stories and and you know same person indie published and um small press um you know like independent press which is another way of doing it and and just did amazing like better than they would have probably yeah. with with the publishing house because they were more on top with their so promotion so it has nothing to do with being good or bad it has to do with being trendy the voice they're looking for that day um you know whether they had their coffee that morning i don't know <laughs> oh, yeah. i have spoken with agents and th that is definitely part of the key uh, just don't mess with them until they've had their coffee <laughs> right and and doing like the show and having to choose and make decisions um that that too it's it's hard i'm not i'm not putting down the people who have to go out there and choose the books because it's a, a difficult job and you know so so sometimes you just get impatient and say <laughs> i need to be heard now and this is a very um great way to do it um to to publish independently yeah so, definitely but yes it takes a little to get your mind wrapped around that um yeah and i mean like i said it was not that i wasn't independently publishing i, I was i was playing around yeah but this was and style and i was experimenting but this the hollow kiss was not an experiment the hollow kiss was my heart and soul it was the story that i didn't know i needed to write that tara inspired me with just the title needed to be generated and then <laughs> She generated for generations until, it, until no, but see, I could tell it was completely in a different, not that the others, I'm not putting down your other work, but I'm just saying that that's the wow at the beginning of the review, because, you know, and I just sat there and just read right through it. Mr. Brian Greiner, um, Greiner, Greiner. Also, <laughs> I'm wrapped up with you. I can't think about Brian. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear that, Brian? I can't think about you right now. <laughs> there we go. After exposing your readers to fictional Aldrich monsters, Aldrich monsters, do you think they might be ready to tackle the real life horrors of being an indie writer? Oh, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well, I, I mean and he's he's very you know as as tongue-in-cheek as that is um there is a, a lot of truth to that and it's we all go ha, have steps that we need to go through and and there are you know our own monsters it's not just you know vampires and witches and dragons that you're, you're dealing with and, and werewolves or, and what have you um we have the same um 
I guess well, yeah. things in our, you know, it's, it's those voices that say, no, you can't do it. Or no, you've, you've tried that already. Or, um, oh yeah, you know, no, it's not as good as so-and-so's. And we're always comparing against other people instead of comparing against ourselves. What have I done? How am I doing? Am I ready to take the next step? Um, and so it's getting rid of those personal monsters that will actually help us indie writers take that leap forward and make the next step. And and to keep acting where you feel comfortable till you get there. Like you exactly. have done, how many books do you have out there? This will be 20. Yeah, see, <laughs> you did your <laughs> work. We've discussed that before. You don't just come out there and be Neil Gaiman, okay? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> You take and you you have to work your way out there bit by bit. So the idea that I'm going to write the great American novel and, you know, and get all this acclaim, it's not going to happen the first time out. To write some start, short stories, maybe a grocery list. I don't know. <laughs> but put something down on paper um, to get to that point. And it's also, this is where indie comes in this fantastic as well. Because, you know, there was a time where there was all those pulp magazines and and those books with you know that you could buy for a quarter or whatever yeah. that had all these stories in and this is where people like Ray Bradbury worked their way up to being those names yeah. um we don't really have that now it's like books are expensive and people want the book so indie is a great place to be able to flex your muscles and see what the people like out there and and um, because they can be deadly in the Amazon reviews. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so you know, I just speaking of those Amazon reviews. I mean, even if I get a one star, and I have a few one star reviews on some of my series, um, but if you read those one stars, you'll see that the person who was reading that particular book, they weren't getting out of it. Uh, what they expected. And they will often say, I expected this, this, and this. And it's like, well, that's, that's not what this book is about. Thought. You know, and, and, and that's not what the story is about. But thanks for trying it, you know, and I, <laughs> you, you know, and now other people. Oh, stop being nice. And well, no, think about it. Now other people will see that and go, oh, but I want those things too. So I better not mm -hmm. read this one. And well, then someone else it. will say, oh, so it is what I thought it was going to be. So I'm going to ignore that one star and go with the other four and five stars reviews and focus on that instead. I think that we should, well, see, I rebel against the star thing completely because I can't compare, you know, if you like him, Shakespeare to a cookbook. Like, wait, who designed this whole thing? Like, you can't, you know, somebody is a really, really good romance or like, you know, someone's done 30 years of research for mm. this tech book, right? You can't compare everybody. If I like it, they were courageous. They finished that book that I like. They get five stars. Okay. That's just the way I do it. Otherwise I'm like, okay, I'm not writing the review. Um, but I'm so far behind on reviews. I don't want people to think that I didn't write a review because I didn't like the book because <laughs> I'm just behind. Um, but the point is, is that sometimes people, they should be reviewing the book as is period. Mm -hmm. I just want them out there to know. And it does, it is, it's kind of sad when, when you have your book out there and, and somebody gives it a one-star review because they misinterpreted it. Yeah. I mean, that's, but 
you know, I've always said we should have warning labels for certain things, um, books, whether it's, you know, certain kinds of traumas or, mm. or whatever yeah. that's, that's going to, but I want to talk to you about that <laughs> because your books are always full of food. And, and the one thing that you describe, I don't know how you describe it, but there's a circuit, certain, um, a fried chicken company that I'm not mentioning by names because they're not sponsoring me. If they want to be mentioned by names, so there's a certain fried chicken company, which I haven't had for ages. They just put one in like two minutes, literally from my house. And you have this whole thing where she is downing this chicken. So I, just like, yeah. I wonder if that, that non-named chicken <laughs> chicken establishment is open at two o'clock in the morning because <laughs> this is where I'm reading it. So, a are you getting are you getting big bucks for for product placement? <laughs> does, does ready make you hungry, or are you like you just mean? <laughs> no, I'm being realistic. Think about it. You know, they, they they were out. They were busy. They, she was famished. You know, like and and right from the beginning, we know she called herself a meditarian from the first hand. <laughs> and you know, it's it's just one of those things where she's a teenager. <laughs> Consume. I remember. I'm still like that, but I've always I love food. I do, and I'm one of those people it's, it's, where it just it's it's an experience. Food is an experience. Some people just eat to be able to feel themselves. But the savor, the smell, the taste, the, especially the with certain fried chicken, oh, <laughs> you can smell right. from the highway. So you know how some. Okay, so this is it. Some people put gratuitous sex scenes in their books. <laughs> MJ puts gratuitous fried chicken. <laughs> and I don't think this is the first book I've read of yours that's had this particular fried chicken. Is it? No, no, because like I said, I put myself in the story, right? So it will, it will probably always be there in some capacity or other, because I love food. <laughs> Well, obviously, I'm not opposed to it. And it didn't make me want, like, it was just, it was, it was just set up this craving experience where I'm like, yes, you should just offer that passage. And, and all they have to do is have, you know, someone classy like, um, like Stephen Fry or something to read that passage. You could up the entire, you know, style of the yeah. restaurant yes and Stephen Fry read that passage from the hollow kiss that would make the whole world would be running there to um to get their chicken <laughs> so I just want to point that out I mean I think the in demons it was coffee I mean just, you just you, you crave you crave MJ's books and then you crave everything else. That's just, that's, maybe I should just write that for a review. Ooh. <laughs> oh, just Claus says that all this talk of food has got Santa baking a pie now. Oh, <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. And I love all Sen pies. So it doesn't even matter what type <laughs> in the pie hole. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can because I'm very close to the border. Oh, 
right? I forgot to do that. Happy Thanksgiving to all our American friends. And I live like <laughs> right next, not right next to the border, but close enough that I can smell those pumpkin pies being <laughs> across the Niagara River. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's, yes. Uh, there's so many times after, after like today. So say this week when, when my husband would suddenly pick up a turkey because he couldn't stand it anymore. <laughs> Because everybody's showing their turkey pictures on yeah. on Facebook. Author Janice Jan Richardson says we're hilarious. Well, <laughs> thank you, Jen. We are being you. very serious. Yes. <laughs> we're yes. talking about our pain and not having the chicken. <laughs> we have we have um yeah, we have our things. Uh <laughs> we need to go out for dinner. <laughs> Author Brian Grainer says, does this mean we can expect to find references to the Fay Fried Dragon in future books? No! Brian! Go back! I'm hiding you! Go back! Go back! No! The dragon was very... Okay, I think we should point that out that they're not the bad guys. No! I mean, they're 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 good humans and bad humans. They're a good Fay and bad Fay. And this is one of those times where we had that conversation last week. Everybody of this particular spectrum on the spectrum um is um is is considered fey it's the umbrella of of the magical spectrum of things so this is this is the way it is brian stop it no one's frying any dragons the dragons would be doing that that doesn't even make sense the dragons would be doing the frying <laughs> Right? <laughs> I think he's just trying to poke at us and get us kind of wild up. <laughs> one after. Oh, Brian? One. Brian do that? <laughs> Something like that. So, MJ, can we possibly get <laughs> possibly get so this is going to be a series okay. and we know that there's one, two, and three. Now, yep. when you begin a series, it doesn't work either way, Brian. When you begin a <laughs> when you begin a series, do you know how many books are going to be in that series? Like as you sit there, or do you just know there's going to be three at this point and whatever else? I have a pretty good idea of approximately how many books the main arc will take. Um, with this, originally I was thinking it was going to be four books, but then I realized that there wasn't enough in my initial idea of what book three was going to be to have it stand on its own. So I combined my ideas that I had for books three and four and just put them all into book three instead. Um, so that, that made a nice, fluid, comfortable arc, no dips, you know, it just, it, it, it seemed to work a lot better that way. Um, so, but you know, that four book idea was back 11 years ago. And then it's this year when I was polishing everything off, it was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm much better at understanding these things now. It is, a, it's definitely going to be a three book arc, a trilogy. However, I will not say that it will definitely end after three books because we have been introduced to an entire world and a variety of characters. And if I find that my readers want more, I will give them more. 
because there is more that could come. And you are, well, um, yes, I've had authors on that still call their series of eight books a trilogy. <laughs> because that's what they said in the beginning. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a trilogy with eight books. Um, and we can do that if we want to. Sure. But you are definitely a fan of series. I mean, I am because as a reader, I know the characters and I don't have to give them up so soon. Yeah. Um, but as a writer, you are as well. Aren't yeah, you? I I enjoy well, I enjoy popping around and doing lots of different things. I like my historical science fiction where we've got our steampunk. I like my fantasy, epic fantasy, sci-fi where we're on another planet, you know. And I've got the urban fantasy. I've got romantic suspense. I like to jump around. And while some of my series are done, like my first sci-fi fantasy, The Chronicles of Zenea, um, and I've actually had some people say, well, aren't, aren't you going to write any more in that world? I'm like, not really. Maybe, I don't, I have no plans. I, I have, you know, dozens upon dozens upon hundreds of dozens of thousands of ideas that I want to eventually get to. But what sells is if you can make your first book feel relatively complete for those people who need um, to know, you know, there's no question. And it was. And, right. And, and so um, the question that was brought up at the beginning is answered at the end. There are lots of other questions that come up along the way, but nothing is so pertinent that you don't feel satisfied, if, at least was my hope, uh, by the time you got to the end. And it's the same thing with the first book in all of my, um, my series, just because um, having that standalone for those people who need the standalone is important. But then having the series, for those of us who love diving into and, and living with these characters longer is also important. Um, the longest series would be the Demon Tales series that I have going and I write that with my partner, uh, Nancy M. Pattenden. And that one, it's nice because it's a novella. I only have to do one a year because she does the other one and we flip flop back and forth with editing. Um, and we always talk about character development together. So, I mean, it's like we're both writing the books at the same time, but, you know, one of us is actually doing the writing. Um, so that's like a little treat, you know, it's, it's the candy that you get to say to yourself, oh, you did a good job. Here you go. Now you can write this <laughs> story. <finished> the book. <laughs> right. And so that gives me a really nice mental break from living too much in one particular place. And then I can have my fun, have my cake and eat it too, eat that pie in the pie hole. Um, and, and you know, and still dabble in all the different genres and, and with all the different characters I enjoy while carrying on with a series and or starting something new if I want to. So really, why just have one when you can have it all? <laughs> <laughs> I'm now picturing you as like the platinum blonde. In <laughs> From the 50s, right? <laughs> the whole Maryland. But even with Demon Tales, even though there are so many of them, yeah. I still felt in the last one that I was just getting to know the characters because they're, you know, you tend to like to write in a group, okay? <laughs> like within a group of um, not you writing, but the people in yeah. the book are a group. And, and so getting to know each in every one of them and getting to know those characters takes a while which I think it's a lot to put into just one book when you develop all those characters and and um, 
you know, their points to just give them up because now you can go on with the story a little bit more in the second one and the third one. So do you read series as well? I do. Um, there are, are several that I enjoy. I, I don't read as much as I'd like to be able to read these days. Just, you know, life. You have a busy um, life. Yeah. And, you know, I want to be able to get books out for my readers as well. And um, it's one of those things where I guess um, like one of my favorite series I started way back in post-secondary education. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's the Green Rider series with Kristen Britton. And she only put out one book every two years, which drove me insane. Yeah, no, get them ahead, baby. Get them ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like she would take a year to write it and then she would take a year to edit it and get it out. And and but that was her process. She she was a forest ranger. I don't even know where it was some forest somewhere in the US. And so she had a job to do, right? You know, she was on the job and writing on her spare time and but the books, they were just, they captivated me. And I still have a couple I haven't gotten to yet. In the, well, I'm still buying the next one yeah, and yeah, the next because one. You, <laughs> because I'll get there eventually, you know. And I will always go back and read book one to before catch, I carry, to catch myself up again. Yeah, yes, no. it might be a year or more. And so I have to give myself that time to be able to read all those books again because they are huge. Um <laughs> She writes epic fantasy and and it really does pull you in. And I, I don't want to say when I start the next book or the most current book. Where um, was I? Exactly. I want to already be there. And, and you know, so that's why I don't, I'm not getting as much reading in, but I do love series. When I have just a single standalone, those are great. Those are fun. And I'll flip through them if I need some brain candy to get me through a night. Um, fantastic. But generally, uh, going into it, I go for the long haul. <laughs> I was going to say, this is like, depending on your dating preferences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> MJ's not there for just a one book stand, man. She needs, no, man. <laughs> she needs commitment. And see, you know, this is a scary thing. And something I want to talk to other indie writers about. If you start a series, finish it. Like sometimes, or like get that second book out or that third. Sometimes I feel like I don't, I, I really am leaning towards people who already have a chunk of a series done. Yeah, I, and them. I hear that too. Like often when I'm out selling, it doesn't matter if it's at a market or at a, a local um, bookstore or an indie bookstore, they come up to me and they say, is the series done? I can say that for a couple of them, but some of them, I mean, Demon Tales won't be done until book 28 comes out. And then we've got all these uh, specials for holidays that we're doing on the side, you know, that right. are so directly related to the plot. But, that, but to be able to say to them, I have a track record of finishing, or I already have X number out, and I'm currently working on the next one, it's gives them that confidence to know that they can fall in love with my stories and they will still have the satisfying ending they're looking for eventually. And they have a chunk to read. Oh yeah. To fill in till you get to those points, right? There's Definitely. there's I mean, <clears throat> I think it's just respectful of of your readers yes. to to not cuz it's it's horrible. <laughs> I have books that I've read and will never ever ever get that second one. I know. I do too. And I, I've gone searching year after year. And then finally I discover, oh, they're not even writing anymore. And it's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
yes i've actually gone in looking at different authors that i like looking for the second book and i've read like people now this i agree with because i'm just petty but <laughs> someone's saying i'm changing my review because i've waited like five years for this book and you've never you never wrote the second one and it was a cliffhanger like this is <laughs> this is deadly so i i would advise that now you had both your books pretty well ready to go the first two ready to go before yes and that's actually part of we were talking about indie authors and one of the strategies is what's called a rapid release now i will never be able to write and publish a book a month the way some people do i'm just not that prolific i i agonize and you've got to, 20 books out so you're pretty prolific over 10 years so that's you know two books a year two on books a year is you're just not superhuman okay let's put it that way yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it was just a, one of those things where I, I wanted to try the technique and I felt like I was ready because book one was already done and I knew where I was going absolutely with book two. And it really did only take me just over a month to write it. So then while book one was, like I said, doing a thing, going through the edits with my editor, uh, and I was writing book two and getting it ready, then it's like one swaps off and then the other goes back. And so I'm at the point where all I need to do really with book two is finish my final edits and send it off to the proofreader, which is why it's also up for um, pre-order right now so that, you know, you can easily get book one, yeah. book two, bam, bam. It's not being released till February, as we mentioned, but then in theory, that's two months from December to February, and then from February to April, um, that is my goal for book three. But I didn't want to put a pre-order up yet because I don't want to guarantee something that I can't guarantee myself. Who knows what's going to happen in that? She guarantees month. that the book is coming out. It is. She just can't it. guarantee the date. Exactly. And and it will definitely like be out no later than summer of next year. But the, the plan is still to do that rapid release where each one is two months apart. So that's my personal goal this time. I've never done that before. Um, and it's a little bit stressful, let me tell you. <laughs> but I think it's it's worthwhile. It's, it's a learning curve and it's understanding sort of, okay, this is a marketing technique. And if it works for me, then maybe it no, you I you know write a book, put it in my back pocket write the next one and then start that cycle again so that I am able to do that process instead of just write, edit, release, write, edit, release. I will never wait two years to be able to give you the next one once I've started publishing. <laughs> <laughs> because she's lived it and it's, and it's trauma causing. It is. But the important thing, like for indie writers, like we said, is to get your name out there to keep you in their thoughts to so that one day somebody says wait i know that name they must be good like this is <laughs> <laughs> i love that they must be good um no but that's what they're thinking <laughs> you know that's what they're thinking so you you keep it you keep fresh in their mind um by putting like all the new ones out and reminding people that the new ones are there and Brian Griner says, I quite enjoyed the demon stories with their hyped local references. It's interesting to drive around the area and get flashbacks to the books. Oh, 
oh my God, wouldn't that be great in a movie? Like someone living <laughs> book flashbacks, right? <laughs> They're their own flashback. It's a book yeah. flash. Yeah. Well, isn't there something that like, oh, what was, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's sort of um, the impossible life of, I can't remember. Oh, Walter Mitty. Walter Mitty. Thank you. I read the short story um, and I taught the short story when I was teaching and and then to have the movie come out and it's like I'm getting book flash, but I'm getting story flash. <laughs> so it happens, Brian. It does, and I, I totally feel you there. But yeah, the um, having somebody from the area read about you know not just Ontario in a broad sense or Canada in a broad sense. It's like oh, that's right around the corner from where I live. It's like whoa. it 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 makes it like if i hear of a certain coffee company you know being drunk in a book and i think i think most most of the canadian i writers that i know have done it at some point or not i'm just like yay <laughs> like there it is yeah. it just i don't know it makes you and when it is a local area um like i said even though this book it did mention hamilton but this kingston but this book was much more generic so that the people could sort of feel wherever they were that they were a part of it yeah it's just also nice well, but i knew dale, it was sorry uh if i may <laughs> newdale is a completely made up town but i have located it in between like i mentioned rednersville on the outskirts of town um and i mentioned belleville nearby um, and in book two, you get we actually go into Belleville and we go into Caring Place, which so are on either, which are nearby. Um, so you get a sense of where this make believe town lives. It's very Margaret Atwood esque, I guess, in that way. Um, that you can say to yourself, "Oh, the Muskokas are the Quarthers or whoever," but at the same time, I can still play and make this my own town and do what I want and what I need. Well, that's with. it. There's no one saying, "Oh, but that isn't." on that street right? yeah it, it is it is um you can you can play more <laughs> and brian says also let's if you find an unfinished series that won't be officially ended write your own ending i i don't want i want to write my own book not my own ending brian like i mean <laughs> i just i just you know you can do that but if you pay for those other books, you shouldn't have to. I mean, it should it should happen. It's part I, of the experience. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, that's fan fiction. And, and lots of people who have not liked the way something has ended, they've rewritten it for themselves and they've shared that. And other people have enjoyed it, which is fantastic. But yeah, every once in a while, those of us who write, and I'm sure you agree. Um, have a responsibility. Well, yeah, and and we just sometimes we just want to read. We, we like it's it's like coming home from work at the end of the day. You just want to sit down and relax. You don't want to have to get the brain going again. And okay, no, I got to write the ending of someone else's story. Yeah, no, because they they couldn't they couldn't be bothered. Yeah, well, whatever happened. <laughs> they couldn't. Um, yeah, no, eat. Because you know that they had something in mind, right? I do. I want to know what their mind worked out. So yeah. a lovely suggestion. Thanks for coming, Brian. But we're not <laughs> going to do that. Uh, <laughs> we're going to just sit here and whine. But MJ, our whining time is up again Already? so soon. Oh, yes. Um, so uh, you'll have to. 
I don't know. Just just drop me a note when you're free, and and we'll and we'll, you know we'll just take the cameras down to the local fried chicken establishment. Yeah. <laughs> and night on me. <laughs> and then we can make everybody else crave it. Okay. So if you're into urban paranormal fantasies and i'm going to say regardless of age because i quite enjoyed this and and that's the way we should look at books it's the book itself the story it shouldn't be age related please check out the hollow kiss out december 11th at any of the places that offer such things right like uh just actually i'm with exclusively amazon oh are you yes so pop by amazon and that's where you will find it okay yeah. it's are you always exclusively with amazon is that your thing it's for the past seven years yes so is, is that something you have to do because of kindle or yeah, if you want to be a part of the author select program and be able to do again, we're talking indie again, people. So if you yeah. want to be able to have uh, the ability to do sales, um, offer books for free certain days, then you are part of their program. I know a lot of different indie authors who will run um, their series of books through a cycle in the select program for Kindle Unlimited readers. Um, and then when they notice that the sales start to peter out and flatline, they'll open it up wide, which is what we call, refer to it as. We go wide. And then you get into other markets um, around the world. So that's a cool extra note at the end of the show. So it was great to see you. <laughs> <laughs> it was great to see you and we're wishing you all the best of luck Thank with you. the launch for this latest book mj you take care of yourself okay you too bye-bye <laughs> bye well that was fun and craving making i wanted to point out that you may have noticed the new mug that i am sporting this week this mug is was created by the artwork was done by okay the artwork was done by amy keller remph and it is called sky dance and she describes her artistic style as modern impressionist and it just drew me in so you can look her up on facebook once again Amy Keller Remph, or I'll be putting up a link in a picture of my fantastic new mug on, on my own Facebook, which you can see right underneath on the little label there. Next week, author Shane Joseph is returning, and I can't wait to discuss more of his work. So until then, may your coffee be hot and your stories sweet. Thanks for listening, everyone.